Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for May 19th, 2022. I'm teaching a series entitled God's Grace in Our Faith. This is part 19 of that. And so I'm teaching you that God does everything that he does for us by grace. Grace is unmerited, undeserved. It is the free favor of God. In response to God's grace, we do everything by faith. And by faith, we believe and receive what God has already provided. By faith, we believe and receive things that we cannot validate with our sense realm evidence, things that I can't see or touch or taste or smell, but I know on the inside that God revealed it to me. And then I, I provide a corresponding action. Faith is something I say, something I do, or a financial seed that I sow based on what I believe God revealed to me that is future to me, but past to him. And so he's revealing these things to me. He's saying, son, I already gave it to you. It's already done. It's yours by grace. This is what I'm showing you, son. This is what I'm showing you, daughter. And then we, in response to that, provide corresponding action and we live our lives based on that revelation, even when it flies in the face of the things that we could see down here in this world. That's the life of faith. That's the life of grace. It's the grace life. And it's how we're supposed to live. So as we've been learning this, we've also been learning that faith works by love. I hope that you're ready to receive the next impartation, the next download from heaven concerning this. Open up your heart and God is about to speak. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. This is God's grace in our faith, part 19. Faith works by love, part 18. The title of today's message is you can trust God because he loves you. You can trust God because he loves you. We've been talking about faith works by love. Let's get into it. Our foundational scriptures are John 1 and 14, John 1 and 17, Galatians 5 and 6. We've also been looking at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 20. Let's look at all of that. And then get into what God is ready to say. John 1 and 14, the Bible says the word Jesus became flesh and he dwelt among us and we were able to behold his glory. It is the glory of the only begotten of the father who came from the father, full of grace and truth. John 1 and 17, the Bible says that the law was given by Moses. That's true. But grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 5 and 6 says that in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision nor your works you're not saved by works. You're saved by faith in Christ. Availeth anything. The only thing that matters now is faith, and faith works by love. Ephesians 3 and 20, or Ephesians 3 and 16, leading up to verse 20, the Bible says, I pray that God would avail within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and his explosive power. Then, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep down inside of you and... The resting place of God's love will become the very source and the root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all of his dimensions, how deeply intimate it is, how far reaching it is, how enduring and inclusive it is. This is endless love that I'm talking about now. It That is beyond all measurement. It transcends human understanding. This is an extravagant love that God pours out in you until you are overflowing with the fullness of God. So Ephesians 3 and 20 says, after all of that, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you to accomplish all of this. It's all about him. It's not about us. He will 
achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. He will achieve more than your most unbelievable dream. And he will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. So what does this mean for you today? What I'm going to do is we've been looking at all these scriptures. We've been looking at Ephesians 3 and 20 as well. We're going to tie all this together about trusting in God's love, like believing the love. I've been teaching you that faith works by love, but you got to believe it. And then you got to trust in the love of God. So let's get into it. I have three things to share with you in this morning. As I do, I want you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions. Number one, here we go. God is able. I could just stop right there and just say God is able, right? But anyway, God is able to take your life and make it something that exceeds your wildest imagination. God is able, not about us, it's all about him. God is able to take your life and make of it something that exceeds your wildest imagination. We just read Ephesians 3 and 20. Let me drive it home, like, you know, highlight a few things. In the text, the Bible says that God is able, that God, we have to believe that that from this scripture, that God's mighty power is available to you. And not only that, if you're born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, then that mighty power, which is his grace, his empowerment, is already in you. So God's grace is already on you to do what he called you to do. So if you yield, Ephesians 3 and 20 is teaching us that if we yield to God's power, which is his grace, then God can do through us what we could never do, excuse me, without him. So there's some things that God can do through us that we can never accomplish without him. So our life needs to be all about him. So if you let God do what he planned to do in, with, and through you from the foundations of the world, the text says he will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. He will achieve more than your most unbelievable dream, and he will exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all by his miraculous power. Think of it this way. Um, let's say that, I don't know, uh, the NBA playoffs is going on. So this is not in my notes. So I'm just, I just thought about this right now. The NBA playoffs is going on. So let's just say basketball. Let's say that you're not the best basketball player, right? Uh, so I play basketball in Brooklyn, but I'm Dominican and I'm not that tall. So, uh, let's say you're not the best basketball player, but if another basketball player who is amazing, uh, came and said, Hey, I want to be your teammate. Then I, then you and this person, with this person, you can do a lot more than you could do on your own, right? I mean, so you're probably going to win some games. So God is saying, you could do life on your own. You can. You probably already tried that for years. And let me know how that worked out for you. But what I'm saying, God is saying now, if you let me do it, though, like if you let me work in you, with you, through you, for you, then, yeah, you could, I, through you, can achieve infinitely more than you ever could without me. So, once you're born again, you're walking around with God on the inside of you, right? Not just any God, but the true and living God. You have the true and everlasting God, the God that sits on the circle of the earth, the God that spoke to dark, darkness and created light, the God that spoke to chaos and created order. That same God is living on the inside of you. He's locked up inside of you, and he's waiting for you to let him out. And he's like, if you let me do it, then I will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. I will exceed your wildest imagination. Man, there's nothing I can't do. I'm God. But what I'm not going to do, let me tell you what I'm not going to do. What I'm not going to do is override your will. So if you willingly die to, to, to self and sin and selfishness and give yourself over to me and allow me to do what I want to do, man, it's going to be good. But you got to let me do it, though. If, you, if there's too much of you in the way, I won't get involved. See, you're the container 
we've, we've studied all this before. We're the container. We're like the clay jars that carry around this glorious power. So we're the container. We're not the content. God is the content. We're just a container. And we're walking around with God, the glory of God on the inside of us. And we're taking God with us into every meeting, every conversation, and all the activities that we engage in on a daily, daily basis. We're taking God with us into WebEx calls and Zoom calls and and Google Meet Hangout sessions and all that stuff. We're taking God with us into all of this. And so God is like, man, I've been walking, I've been inside of you for all these years. When are you going to let me out? Wouldn't it be a shame for you to die, go to heaven and realize that you had the glory of God on the inside of you for decades and you never let him out? And so to become the man or the woman that God called you to be, really all you have to do is die to self and get out of the way. So if you die to to the person that you became on your own, then God can live through you and you will become the man, the woman that he destined you to be from the foundations of the world. God is able to live through you and in you and with you and for you. He's able to do all of this by his amazing grace. And if you let him, your life will be far greater than anything you ever imagined. This is Ephesians 3 and 20, because it will be the life that God imagined for you before the world began. So the more you yield to God and the more you allow him to live through you, the more you will experience this life from Ephesians 3 and 20, that exceeds your your wildest imagination. But you won't yield to God. This is where I'm tying it back to Galatians 5 and 6. True talk, real talk. You're not going to yield to God until you really know that he loves you. You're not going to give up your plans for God's plans until you really know that, look, God doesn't want to hurt me. He's not trying to take something from me. He's actually trying to get something to me. God wants to bless me because God wants to bless me because God is good. And when you are convinced that God loves you on that level, then you're like, okay, look, you can tell you, like I tell my wife, all right, babe, this is what we're going to do. But what about, look, I don't know, you know, but didn't we have a plan? Yeah, we did. (laughs) We had a plan, but this is what God is leading me to do. So this is what we're going to do. But what about, I don't know, but what about, he hasn't told me yet, but what about, look, look, I don't, I can't tell you what I don't know. I can't give you all the answers. God only gave us a light for one, enough light for one more step. This is what we're going to do. We don't know what's around the corner. We don't know what's down the street. But we do know this. What do we know? We know it's going to be good. I mean, do you think God is trying to hurt me? No. So when you know that God is not trying to hurt me, God is trying to bless me. And so I'm going to trust God. Look, I don't know what he's trying to do. I, and unless he tells me, I don't know what's down the street or around the corner. But what I do know this, doggone it, is going to be good. Now, there are times where God does it the other way. He gives me a glimpse of what it's going to look like in the end. Oh, glory to God, I get all excited. And then what he doesn't tell me is the 117 things, steps between here and there, and all the times that I'm going to fail between between now and the time I get there, and all the hell and high water that I got to go through. He won't show me that. Because if he did, I might run the other way. But either way, if he just shows me enough for one more step and I got to trust him, or he shows me what's down there, but he doesn't show me all the interim steps, either way, I got to trust him. And I will never trust him until I'm convinced that he loves me. Faith works by love. You got it? I've been trying to teach you this stuff through different facets and means and ways and angles. And I trust that, that you're getting it. Put that in the chat. Say, God loves me. And I know it. Uh, another another person could put in the chat, I trust the love of God. That's it. You got to trust the love of God. If you trust the love of God, when you get to the point where, you know what, my trust and my confidence is in God and not in me, my life is all about him. You will live an amazing life. It will be the life that God planned from the foundations of the world. All right. Number two, for God to use your life the way that he planned to use it, you must be willing to die to self and give up control and make your life all about him. Here's some words that you don't like to hear. Give up control. 
put that in the chat. I must give up control. You must give up control. There's two positions. This is not in the notes. I'm going to just share this with you. There's two positions you have to fill every day. It's the cross and it's the throne. So if you say Jesus is your Lord, that means that you're on the cross. You're dying. You're picking up your cross daily. You're dying to self and you're following him. And Jesus is on the throne and he's the Lord of your life and he's ruling and you do whatever he tells you to do. However, let's be honest, real talk. There are Christians that are born again, go to church every Sunday. Jesus ain't really their Lord, though. I mean, like, they make their own decisions. <laughs> like, you know, oh, but the Bible says, yeah, but, you know, I'm doing this. But, you know, the Bible says, yeah, but, you know, I'm doing that. But the Holy Spirit says, yeah, but, you know, no. So these people might be born again, but they're not yielded to God. And so the two positions is they're the one that's on the throne. They're on the throne. They're making their own decisions. And in their life, Jesus is still on the cross and Jesus is dead to them. And because they are living their life on their own terms, they have actually made Jesus irrelevant. So let me explain what Jesus said in Mark chapter 8, verses 34 and 35. Jesus is speaking to a crowd and he says to them, any of you, and this applies to you too. Look at me. This applies to you. Any of you who want to be my follower, this is Jesus speaking. You want to be my disciple? You want to follow me? That's what you said? You said you want to be a Jesus follower? That's what you said? Okay, then this is what Jesus said about that. You must stop thinking about yourself and what you want. Let me read that again. Let me read that again so you get that down in your heart. Jesus said, any of you who want to be my disciple, my follower, must stop thinking about yourself and what you want. You must be willing to carry the cross that is given to you for following me. Any of you who want to save your life, like if you try to come, oh, I'm going to follow Jesus, but I want to keep my, you know, I don't want to change my life. <laughs> I want to follow Jesus, but I want to keep all my plans. I want No, Jesus said, any of you who try to save your life, no, no, you're going to lose it. That, that's not how it works. But if you give up your life for me, come on, here's the good news. God will save it. If you give up your life for me, you're going to have a life and it will be the life that I plan for you from the foundations of the world. So either you say, I'm going to follow Jesus, but I'm going to hold on to my life and I'm not going to change anything. Well, then you're not really following Jesus. Or you're going to say, I'm, I'm willing to give up everything to follow him. I'm, I'm willing to make my life about him. I'm giving up control and my life is not about me. These are things that, you know what, a lot of people don't talk about today. Dying to self, yielding to God, submitting to him, picking up your cross daily following him. That's what the Bible says. Jesus made it plain. You must stop thinking about yourself and what you want. Jesus was looking at a crowd. He's probably looking at you right now. He's looking at a crowd. He's probably looking at you right now. He's looking at people that he made plans for them from the foundations of the world, but he's also looking at people that have their own plans. And he says, you know what? If you want to be my follower, you got to stop thinking about yourself and what you want. It can't be about you. Your life can't be about you. Listen, put that in the chat. My life is all about him. If you want your life, to be all about God. You need to say that out loud and believe it in your heart. It's all about him. The late, great uh, uh, apostle um, Nate Holcomb in Texas, in Colleen, Texas, it, it, that was his mantra. It's all about him. I'm telling you, it's all about him. It has to be all about him. My life is all about him. When you make your life all about him, then your life will be the life that God mapped, mapped out for you from the foundations of the world. And now, since you give God your life and your heart and you yield to him, then, then at that point, you could start walking in the victory that he already planned for you to have. So let me say it this way. Long before you were born, God planned your final outcome and the path to it. Let me, let me slow down. So here, this is where you are right now in life. This is wh where you're going to die, your final outcome, let's say. 
long before you were born, God mapped out your final outcome, Jeremiah 29 and 11, and the path to it. God made plans for you from the foundations of the world. So your life is not a mistake. The problem is that for us to experience that life, we have to yield to God. We have to have a relationship with the master planner. We must be willing to die to the plans that we came up with on our own in order to receive the plans that God made up for us, right? So God's plan for your life is already mapped out and is waiting on you to yield to it. But one of the hardest things for many humans to do is to give up control, especially humans who like to plan everything. And this is where like, I'm a planner. So my wife is a planner too. My wife likes like long-term plans, you know, one-year plan, three-year plan, five-year plan. So for Isabella and I, this is something that's real to us. Like, I mean, like there are a lot of things where God is like, no, I'm not telling you, (laughs) but God, what about my five years? Mm -mm, Don't worry about five years. Let's just deal with the next five days. (laughs) How about we deal with the next five minutes? And so people who like to plan like to be in control. People who like to plan like to like feel like they're controlling their life. Like they have their life already mapped out. And actually, there's some people that say this. There are people in this world, to be clear about this, that think they are creating their own destiny. That's crazy to me. But anyway, there are people that think, oh, I make my own destiny. Right? You know, I create my own destiny. I map out my own life. I was like, okay, well, go ahead. Let's, let me know in the end how that works out for you. But God already created a plan. So while you're trying to execute your plan, God is letting you know that, hey, I already executed a plan. I mean, I already created a plan. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get you to execute it. So while the people that are like, hey, I need to be a master planner, I appreciate that type of diligence and discipline and determination. That stuff is good. But that stuff can also be counterproductive. When it comes to being led of the Holy Spirit, when it comes to, there's a certain level of mystery to walking with God. I've told you that before. So that the people that need to know everything, the people that need to have everything mapped out, it's hard for them to live by faith. It can be counterproductive because the Holy Spirit is not going to tell you everything. The Holy Spirit is not going to, because if he told you everything, you wouldn't need faith. So to live the life of faith, this is where faith works by love. To live the life of faith, you're going to have to believe God. You're going to have to trust him. You're going to be like, you know what? I don't know everything. God is not telling me. Now, I want God to tell me, hey, you know, hook a brother up. Let me know. But if you don't tell me, I still have to give up control of my life and I have to be willing to follow God and willing to do whatever he tells me to do, even when I thought we were going this way and I kind of thought God was leading us this way and I kind of told a few people about it already. And now this is kind of embarrassing that now we're going this way. <laughs> and so now, what, I don't know, what are people going to say? Well, I don't know what they're going to say, but whether they say what they say or not, I still got to go this way now. Like, dog, I thought we were going that way. Okay, guess what happened? I miss God. It, that That's not the first time. It's not going to be the last time. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to miss God. There are going to be some things that, oh, I thought this was God and it was you. <laughs> and so the, you're going to miss God. You're going to make mistakes. You're, you're, you're not going to know everything. Okay, get over yourself. Your, your life needs to be about him. So you're, this is this is a humbling thing. When, when you give up control in your life, it's very humbling. There's some things that Isabella and I want to do right now. Like, I mean, like, there's some things that Isabella and I, especially me, Isabella will tell you, especially me, I've been waiting on for years. And I'm like, man, I want it now. Like, I mean, what's taking so long? And it's humbling for God to either not speak to you or just say, wait. And so it's not time. And, and, or I'll do it when I when I when I do it. I'll do it when it's my time to do it, and and that's very humbling. I mean, and for you, because like in the natural, I could be like, forget it. I could do it right now. I could do it. I could do it. I could do it. Yeah, 
I can make my own decision and go start something that I want to do, whatever I want. I could do it, but but God is not going to bless it because I'll be outside of the will of God. So I'm just, this is real talk. Faith works by love because for me to say, for, you know, I'm going to have to yield to God. I'm going to have to trust him. I have to give up control. I would never do that until I, unless I'm convinced that God loves me. All right, so here's my third point, final point for today. Uh, I can't really see the chat right now because I, obviously I don't have all my screens like I do at home, but I hope there's some good stuff going on in the chat. I'll check that out later. But listen, I'm giving you stuff. This is real talk. I trust that this is being a blessing to you. Like this is how I live. This is the life of faith. It's the grace life. And it's the way that we're supposed to live, I believe. All right, let me give you the last one. You will never give up control over your life until you're convinced that God loves you, until you trust that love, right? It's not going to happen. You're not going to give up control until you trust God. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and then he's going to direct your path. Solomon was the wisest man on the planet when he wrote that. And he said, lean not to your own understanding. Let me read that to you in other translations. The Bible in basic English says, not looking to your own reason for support. You can't rely on your own reason. The Darby Bible says, lean not to your own intelligence. You can't rely on just your own intelligence. The contemporary English version says, do not rely on your own judgment because you're going to make mistakes. You're not that smart. The easy to read version says, don't depend on your own knowledge. Come on, Matt, because there's knowledge from above. And finally, the message Bible says, don't try to figure out everything on your own. That's dumb. I mean, don't do it. You're not that smart. You, you got to be led of the Holy Spirit. Solomon, the wisest man on the planet, was telling us, don't, don't rely on your intellect. Don't rely on your own wisdom. Don't rely on your own judgment or reason or logic. Like he's a man that walk, walked in a level of wisdom that exceeded everybody else. And he's saying, even with that, you can't rely on it. You got to rely on God. The Holy Spirit came upon people in the Old Testament even Solomon, but the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We have a whole nother level of the Holy Spirit. And so we can tap into the Holy Spirit. Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter two, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the, the things that God has prepared for them that love him. So if you stop there, it sounds like humans are incapable of receiving or comprehending the things of God. But Paul didn't stop there. He went on to say, but God has revealed these things unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Now he says, now no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God be in him. So we have not received the spirit of the world. We receive the spirit who is of God that we may understand what the things that are freely given to us. Paul says, man, God gave us his spirit so we can understand. God gave us his spirit so we can know. God gave us his spirit so he could reveal to us the purposes and the plans that he made for us from the, from the foundations of the world. So think about that for a minute. We have the Holy Spirit so that we can understand. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 also says the man without the Holy Spirit cannot accept the things of God, doesn't understand. The things of God, the spirit-led things are foolishness to the man without the Holy Spirit. These things are spiritually discerned. So, so, so the people without the Holy Spirit, they have to rely on intellect, reason, logic, common sense. But spiritual things are spiritual, not, not carnal. So, so spiritual things uh, are like diametrically opposed to those things. Sometimes the things of the Spirit are opposed to the things of your mind. And so you have to believe in your heart and don't, let, don't allow your head to get in the way. Humans try to make sense of everything. Humans are sensual beings. God is spiritual, not sensual. Humans, we need to validate things with our senses. God will give us things that we can't validate with our senses, that we have no sense from evidence to support it. And so at the end of the day, you either have to receive what the Holy Spirit is saying and believe it, 
even when you have no centrum evidence to support it, and even when the centrum evidence that you do have, a doctor's report, a financial statement, or whatever, is against what the Holy Spirit is saying, you got to choose whose report am I going to believe? Let me say it this way. Just like favor can do more in a minute than labor can do in a lifetime. Let me say this. My wife has a business. The favor of God can shift something, give her favor. And, and without her even trying, she could get a deal, one deal that far exceeds like a whole year's worth of labor, right? Favor could do more in a minute than labor could do in a lifetime. The favor of God is like that. Well, if you can understand that, then let me talk about it on the topic that I'm talking about today. The Holy Spirit can give you a download in a minute. I get a download from heaven by revelation that far exceeds decades of study by education. I mean, you can get wisdom from God like in a moment. And so I'm just saying, stop living your life just based solely on you. Like if you yield to God, give up control, allow God, God to say, man, I can do it. I can, I can do, I can exceed your wildest imagination. I can outdo them all. Ephesians 3 and 20, but you got to make your life all about me. God says, if you don't, if you will get to the point where you don't allow reason or logic or intellect or common sense to get in the way of what the Holy Spirit is saying, then man, I can do some things. Let me say it another way. You can't allow your humanity to tamper your divinity. When the Holy Spirit is leading, leading you to do something, don't let your humanity get in the way. So you have to trust God to the point where you're going to yield to him. As I close, I've been teaching on this topic for weeks. I trust that you've been enjoying it. Faith works by love. You're never going to really open up your heart and live by faith on that level until you're convinced that God loves you. When you know God loves you, I can, because I know God loves me, I can give up stuff. I can yield to him, even at the risk of looking foolish. And even though I thought we were supposed to do one thing and God says not do something else, and maybe it's embarrassing and maybe people may ask me about it. And I, I'm like, I was wrong. This is what we're doing now. And, 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 and I don't have all the answers and I can't explain it. <laughs> and I'm waiting on God's timing. But even with all of that, it's still better than the alternative. The alternative is me trying to make my life on my own. And I'm not doing that. I'm following Jesus. I have to give up my life. I have to stop thinking about what I want. It has to be all about whatever he wants, whatever he planned from the foundations of the world. And I would never really do that until I'm convinced that he loves me. All right. So say, put that in the chat. God loves me and I know it. All right. That's enough for today. I trust that this has been a blessing to you. Listen, I mean, this is this is how I live. Uh, this is the grace life. And when your life is all about him, you're not going to have all the answers, but it's going to be amazing because it will be the life that God planned before the world began. All right, lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, I rest in your love so long that I get to the point where I trust you with all my heart. I trust you so much that I am willing to give up control. Put that in the chat. Say, I give up control. Say this. Say, I yield to you. I am led by your spirit. My life is all about you. I will do whatever you lead me to do. And I refuse to allow common sense, reason, or logic to cause me to think my way out of my blessing. I will not allow my humanity to override my divinity. I am spirit-led in all things. I yield to you every day. 
in every way. By doing so, I position myself to live the life that you destined me to live. And it will be greater than my wildest imagination. This is how I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages uh, and you want my notes, you should want my notes. Go to today's word. You get it for free. Go to todaysword.org. Click on the big red subscribe button. Put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox on a daily basis. So listen, if um, this, I want you to do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then share this message on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Also, if you're interested in, if you like this content and you want more private content from Isabella and I, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina and check that out. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.